2: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of Around the Coin. My name is Faisal Khan. Joining me today is Katrina Luth, who is the head of Europe for Raisin. Hey, how are you?
2: Thank you very much for having me here. My name is Katharina Lüt. I am head of Europe here at Raisin, which means I'm basically in charge of our internationalization. Uh, So basically all clients that don't speak German and looking forward to our discussion.
1: So to get started, what does Raisin do and what is the story behind Raisin?
2: Simply put, Raisin is a savings marketplace, meaning that is a place where you have a choice between different savings accounts. So the idea behind that is basically twofold. On the one hand side, our goal is to enable customers to, in today's low interest rate environment, achieve higher interest rates on their savings. On the other hand, the idea is also to provide a higher degree of convenience Because usually when you want to switch to the most attractive interest rates between different banks, that requires you to open new savings accounts and new online banking accounts every single time. With us, you basically have one single platform. And from there on, you can access multiple banks. So maybe briefly, what is indeed the idea behind it and how did it come about Our CEO is a former principal at McKinsey, and he spent a lot of his time working with different banks in different countries across the European Union and even beyond. And he saw that even though across the EU, basically most countries are governed by the European Central Bank, we actually still have a fairly high difference in interest rates between different countries. And... We do theoretically have a single European market, so any saver across the European Union should actually be able to access those interest rates if he wants to. However, due to a number of practical barriers such as language, um, tax processes, etc., it was actually technically almost impossible for savers to do so before raising.
1: So is this essentially a savings arbitrage on a pan-European scale?
2: Uh, Yes, that is um, basically correct indeed.
1: Okay, I have to ask you, are you licensed as a payment institution in the EU or perhaps licensed as a bank? Or are you not licensed for this purpose and you're simply a front-end mechanism to connect the users to the banks? How does it work? Explain.
2: So we actually work together with a bank on providing this service so as such we don't have a banking or a payments license because from a legal standpoint what we are is an intermediary or a financial intermediary and all the services that are related to the online banking system and to processing um, payments are actually provided by the bank with whom we cooperate. In Germany that's MHB Bank and for our international customers that's uh, Key Trade Bank.
1: Is your domain from where you can pick up customers, is that purely within Europe or are you extending beyond Europe as a market?
2: So right now, it's purely in Europe or more exact in the European Union and European Economic Area in Switzerland. Uh, When we get to the regulation discussion, I'll explain in a little bit more detail why that is.
1: So let's talk about that. What role does regulation play in Raisin's business model?
2: So, indeed, um, the business model of Raisin is virtually made possible by a number of EU regulations. So, first and foremost, something that's extremely important to people that invest in savings accounts is the security of their money. Across the European Union, what we have is we have a harmonized deposit guarantee schemes. That means that the EU has mandated that in every single EU country... Up to 100,000 euros or the equivalent in local currency needs to be insured per saver and bank. Um, and the uh, EU has also continued to harmonize this further and further. For example, the payout period is currently being reduced from 21 days to just seven days. So, first of all, we have across the European Union a comparat- comparable level of security for savers. Second thing that is really important is, as mentioned, we don't want customers to go through identification again and again whenever they decide to open a new savings account. And EU directives make it possible that a bank can rely on the identification that another bank has already performed, thus meaning that the customer only needs to identify himself once. And lastly, um, the European Union has also mandated that Uh, banks across the European Union are able to go through a fairly simple regulatory notification uh, procedure, which is called passporting, which allows them to provide business on a cross-border basis, meaning they don't need to open a physical presence in every country from which they accept customers.
1: Uh, And how does uh, PSD2, which is the Payment Services Directive 2, affect your model in the coming years?
2: So I would say it doesn't necessarily have a direct effect on the core of what we do because we are not as such a payments provider. However, we do of course see that the whole topic around open API can play a gigantic role in forming the entire industry and uh, in particular in, in enabling places Uh, such as ours that are marketplaces, uh, connecting new partners might become a lot easier. Um, So I do see this as something that will have a big role in the coming years.
1: Would you classify yourself as an aggregator or are you just a referral marketplace?
2: probably a a bit of both or it can be both so um, on the one hand side of course we are an aggregator because we are that central point of contact for people to access a number of savings accounts But on the other hand, there is also a scenario where we could be more of a, so to speak, product provider to other players, such as larger incumbent banks that currently don't have an attractive savings offer that via APIs could offer our products to their own customers.
1: Uh, My next question basically stems from the ECB central rate, which right now at present is minus 0.4%. And it is homogeneous across the EEA. How are banks able to offer different rates across Europe? Aren't the interest rates for customers uniform or is there a market where certain banks offer a savings rate that is higher from other banks?
2: So indeed the ECB sets the uh, reference interest rate at least for the entire eurozone, so not necessarily for the entire EU. And that means that indeed all the money that banks have to park overnight with the ECB, they have to pay that charge of 0.4% on. Why do interest rates differ indeed between different countries? Um, When we look at incumbent banks, most incumbent banks, so the large players take Deutsche Bank in Germany, BNP Paribas in France, pay around 0% to their customers on savings accounts. However, what we do see in most markets, you always have one or two players that are indeed on a growth path right now. So, for example, if they have a very well-growing consumer loan business, they might actually be able to pay a higher interest rate because they can, can still take around 5 or 7% on that consumer loan. So that's one reason why some banks pay higher interest rates. Then other things that might also drive interest rates in different countries is the question of, is it a deposits overhang or is it a credit or loan overhang? So if you look at Germany, Germany is a country where traditionally people save a lot and where people are inclined to not be as favorable towards taking out a loan. So people learn from a very young age on that that might not necessarily be such a good idea. You have other countries across the European Union where, for example, if you look at a lot of Eastern Europe, the stock of savings in those countries is a lot lower per capita. And there's a very high demand for loans because the countries are still growing comparatively fast. So in those countries, because banks can charge higher amounts on loans than they could in Germany, um, they, they need to collect more deposits and so they can thus pay a higher interest rate on deposits.
1: And how transparent are you with the offering you are providing? Is the user well aware of where they are investing, meaning the bank? What about the level of risk? Is the user aware of the risks and savings via your platform, even though the deposit may be guaranteed by the ECB?
2: So, uh, first of all, indeed, the uh, deposits are guaranteed by national deposit guarantee schemes, not by an EU scheme. And uh, we do make all our savers very aware of in which country and in which bank are they putting their money. Also, it is very much the saver's choice. So it's not that the saver gives us his money, money then put it into any given bank, but the saver actively chooses which product from which bank and country he wants to invest in. And customers do make a very conscious trade-off if they feel comfortable with certain countries or not.
1: So this is not a private placement by any chance, right? It's not like the user is investing money in a hedge fund or some other risk depository instrument. They are indeed investing it in a regular bank savings offer, and saving them the hassle of traveling to the country, opening the account, et cetera, et cetera.
2: That's exactly it. So the products we offer our customers are really the most simple. It's a fixed-term deposit. So it's a bank deposit at the bank. There's no structured product or a hedge fund or anything like that around it. It's really a very simple savings product.
1: As Raisin is not licensed and you're not touching the money, uh, am I correct to assume that?
2: Actually, the customers always open accounts in their own name. So it's not even that the customer sends us money, but the customer opens an individual account in his name and sends the money to that account. And then at the partner banks, again, it's an account in the customer's name. So the money is always handled by a EU licensed bank, wherever it goes.
1: So on a worldwide scale, does such a product exist?
2: So we are currently not aware of it. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist at all. But uh, on a worldwide scale, it was actually the original idea of our CEO to do something like that. So, you know, allow a saver to, for example, invest in New Zealand or South Africa or Latin America. But from a regulatory standpoint, it gets a lot more complicated once you leave a, a harmonized area such as the European Union.
1: Investment banks offer products to their investors where they could, say, invest, you know, 100,000 euros in emerging markets for six weeks and then invest the money uh, in, say, Zurich for 16 weeks, etc. The downside is that the minimum of 100,000 euros is required by investment banks for something like this. Do you see Raisin offering something like this whereby your customers are able to invest in emerging markets or even developed markets in, say, like Canada or the U.S.?
2: So never say never, but it's not on our short-term horizon at the moment.
1: Okay, how old is your company?
2: So the company was founded end of 2012, and it's been live in the German market since December 2013. So we're about to celebrate our third birthday, so to speak.
1: Any which way you would like to give it to us, what is the growth like uh, at Raisin?
2: So, we have now more than 50,000 customers and they have invested more than 1.8 billion euros via our platform in the last three years.
1: Wow, you've processed 1.8 billion euros. That is very nice.
2: Indeed, we have.
1: In starting Raisin, did you face any regulatory resistance? Was the journey difficult or easy in the initial periods?
2: So obviously, whenever you do something new, it needs a little bit of explaining. So um, we we found that basically something like our marketplace didn't exist, or we haven't seen it anywhere, at least in Europe. So yes, it took a bit of convincing, and in particular, making sure how does this fit into existing laws and existing regulatory schemes that were set up not having in mind that an idea like this actually might come up.
1: Did you happen to apply for any regulatory approval from the German financial regulator, BAFIN?
2: We actually uh, informed them and together with the bank with which we are working, we did have intense discussions with them in order to indeed make sure that we are not bypassing anything and to make very clear that, you know, we are... Not planning on circumventing anything, but to be in full compliance with all regulation that is in place
1: so it's fair to say the blessing for Baffin was kosher, right
2: I would say so, yes.
1: how has regulation been for you? Is it a hindrance, major issue, minor issue, and more importantly, how is regulation for fintech in Germany
2: so I would not say it's been a hindrance, so, so as just explained, without a lot of the regulations in place, in particular on an EU level, so I want to take this a bit outside of just the German sphere, it has definitely, in a certain sense, been a blessing, because only those harmonized uh, regulations have really made us possible, and similarly, things such as PSD2, I believe, are a huge help for a large number of fintechs and giving them a certain regulatory framework. Um, Overall, I would say there's still two challenges that fintechs face and I would say across Europe. One is that while we have a lot of harmonized regulation, harmonized doesn't mean standardized. So in order to access a market of the entire European Union, which would then mean you have a similar market size available as American fintechs, you still end up oftentimes having to adhere to 28 slightly different regulation when it comes to things such as consumer protection or taxation is still one of those topics that's fairly complicated to handle. Um, And then, of course, it's always not the easiest of things that when you do something that's new... Um, I would say, by and large, regulators across the European Union are actually very willing to engage with fintechs and to find ways how this fits together. But it is, of course, always a process when things of today's day and age need to fit with regulation that is sometimes quite a few years old.
1: Comparing and looking at pan-European fintech activity, How does Germany play out? From my personal observation, German products and services in the ecosystem are really top-notch, better than what I'm seeing in, say, Amsterdam or elsewhere in Europe. Your comments.
2: So I would say looking at Europe, probably still the fintech capital is London. That might be changing in the next few years, in particular, depending on how exactly Brexit plays out and if the whole passporting possibility goes away from the UK, that will be quite a challenge for London-based fintechs that currently try to serve the entire European market. Indeed, I would say Germany does have a lot of fintech activity, a lot in Berlin, but not just in Berlin, but also in Frankfurt and Hamburg. And we do indeed see quite a few fintechs that Will hopefully also end up offering on a pan European level.
1: How is Raisin funded uh, and what is the structure like?
2: Indeed, we are VC-funded. So uh, after a friends and family round early on, we've raised Series A and Series B capital. The lead investors in the last round were Index Ventures, which is a European-based VC fund, and Ribbit Capital, which is a California-based VC investor that is focusing in particular on fintech companies.
1: Katrina, at this point in time, how many people in Raisin and how many offices do you have?
2: So we currently roughly have about 70 people from, I believe it's by now over 20 countries. However, we are actually physically only or still based just in Berlin.
1: Is the product offering going to expand to more than just savings arbitrage? What's down the roadmap?
2: So uh, the first step indeed of uh, expanding our uh, product line was that we've started offering in Germany for now also overnight savings accounts in addition to term deposit accounts. And our long term vision is indeed to be a marketplace for simple and transparent savings and investment products.
1: How did you get the word out that you know that Raisin is in the market? I mean, you have 50,000 customers. That is an impressive number. But how do you get the word out that there's a company offering savings arbitrage when you look at the when you look at Germany on the whole and its population of 80 million?
2: So indeed, let's take this question for Germany for a second. We actually are the fintech company in Germany with the highest brand awareness, um, partially due to the fact that, for example, alongside. The classical online advertisement that I would say almost every fintech does. We've also invested quite heavily, for example, in doing TV advertisements, um, which has greatly helped our brand awareness, of course.
1: You have 50,000 customers. What's the breakdown of these customers, if you can give it to us?
2: So we've only started internationalizing early this year. So we're, alongside Germany, we're available in Austria, in France. And we have an English language platform that's accessible across the entire European Union. By now, we are still, those 50,000 clients are still largely German clients, but the international clientele is, of course, growing every day.
1: (laughs) Any struggle that comes to mind with respect to launching of Raisin?
2: So I would say one of the most difficult things was actually convincing the first partner bank of joining the platform, because at that point, it was a product that was not yet live. There was no other banks that were offering their savings products via this platform. So for banks, which are traditionally and rightfully so very conservative institutions, it's fairly difficult to make them want to be The first mover on something like this and in particular on something like a savings product, which is fairly sensible and also for people, um, very sensitive topic because it's their lifetime savings that we're talking about.
1: Is there a scenario where a bank may say, I don't want to participate on your list, so remove me from that?
2: We haven't come across that scenario What does happen, of course, frequently is funding needs of banks increase, but they also decrease at some point. The mechanism that our partner banks usually choose is that at any given point in time, they can adjust their interest rates. So if they say that for a given point in time, I no longer need additional funding, what they usually do is they reduce their interest rates to a level that's no longer competitive and automatically they will no longer receive additional funding. But staying on the platform allows them to be extremely flexible for a point in time when they might say, again, I need additional money.
1: Are you expanding, hiring, opening new offices?
2: So we are indeed growing very fast. So if you look at our numbers, and these are all public, we announced the first billion of invested funds this summer. And then four or five weeks ago, we announced 1.7 billion. So you can see we have a fairly fast acceleration in our growth. And we are indeed always looking for people to join our team, in particular on the tech side, as most fintech companies probably are. So yes, I would say we're very much on a growth path.
1: On the talent side, if you can explain a little bit more as to what sort of talent you're looking at hiring and how they can get in touch with you.
2: So the easiest indeed to get in touch with us is to just go to raisin.com-careers. Um, we're always looking for Java developers, for example, and um, also people to help us on our backend team or sysadmins. On the business side, we're of course also always looking for people to support us, for example, in managing operations with our partner banks or to join our marketing teams or our international country teams that are servicing our different markets, such as the French one and the Austrian one.
1: I should have asked this earlier, but why the name reason?
2: Indeed, it was a bit of a difficult choice what to call ourselves because we started out with the German brand Weltsparen, which means World Savings and has an extremely positive connotation in Germany but is of course fairly difficult to use on an international level. So we arrived after quite a lot of thought at Raisin from Raise Your Interest.
1: Is there anything you would like to tell the regulators on the fintech sector in general and also on behalf of Raisin in particular?
2: So I think when I look at pan-European regulation and fintechs I think Um, keep up and further intensify the dialogue you are having with uh, fintech players across the board. The one topic that would, of course, be great to have solved one day is um, taxation is still a very national topic and a complicated process for savers to handle cross-border. And uh, lastly, more harmonization across the board does help and does make life easier to service a full European market.
1: Maybe you can spend a minute or two on the taxation issue, which seems to be extremely important.
2: So there is already on the bank side, the common reporting standards, which means that by now, when I open a savings account abroad, I always need to provide my ETIN, so my European electronic tax identification number and then financial institutions will report to the fiscal authorities in the home country the fact that I have earned interest abroad. So on that end, it's already fairly centralized and connected. However, on the consumer side, I still sometimes need to go through uh, paperwork and things like that in order to basically explain the same thing to the bank and claim taxes back or prevent paying double taxation so i think it's a question of a bit more time and it's obviously a complicated topic because taxation is a national uh, national mandated and nationally um, set topic but i think in particular in light of digitalization etc there there are opportunities to make life easier for customers as well
1: Katrina, you've been awesome. Thank you very much for taking the time out. I hope our paths will cross again.
2: So thank you very much for having me on your podcast. If you want to learn more about us or even become a customer, please don't hesitate to visit www.raisin.com. Raisin Raisin is R-A-I-S-I-N. Thank you very much.
0: NT.co.